The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love. Like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. Welcome to another episode of the Streaking Line podcast. Once again, my name is Pierce, and I've got the usual crew with me, Caroline. Hello. Hey. Hey. Uh, we've got Paul. Hello. What's up? What's up? Uh, not much. We've got a special guest for this episode, yes. Caroline, if you would do the honors of introducing her. I'm super excited that this week we have the one and only Lauren Brownlow from 99 The Fan and WRAL Sports Fan. Um, you might know her from her GIF previews. Um, Lauren, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me. I guess UVA fans are extra happy with me this week, so it's probably <laughs> as good a time as any to have me on. Smartest I promise this was not. <laughs> yeah, this was not. Pre- this was pre-planned before she proved that she yes, was, was the best and smartest voter in the AP basketball poll. But we'll get to basketball a little bit later. Um, Lauren is from the Triangle area, uh, as everyone calls it, Raleigh-Durham, everyone's favorite. Um, <laughs> don't do it, guys. Don't call it that. Um, but we're going to start with some football while we have her to talk a little bit about the Duke recap, and then we're going to go into looking forward to UNC this coming weekend. Um, so, Paul, we'll start with you. Duke game started out a little slow, but Virginia ended up with a 14-point win on the road to take a 5-2 and two record into this coming game what were your big takeaways from this game uh the special teams play uh definitely the the that split returners look was my absolute favorite thing from the game um the big returns that it directly resulted in plus at least one uh kick catch interference penalty so it's another essentially 15 yard return without doing anything um it showed both creativity in the special teams game plan and smart execution in that game plan, which is two things that have not, we've, you haven't really had either of them at at Virginia in a (laughs) long time uh, and certainly never in the same game. Um, So the combination of that showcasing Tavares Kelly's incredible speed um, and Brian Delaney bouncing back from a rough first half uh, that the, the special teams game outside the return game did not look strong in the first half. Uh, but Delaney got it together, you know, a young kicker, you know, you, you'd be worried about going over two to start the game and then getting yips, um, but settled in hit two makeable, but not automatic field goals. Certainly not for uh, the history of Virginia <laughs> kicking. Um, and he's still five of seven on the year. Um, yeah. So it's very impressed with special teams play overall uh, and, and, Huge, huge credit to Ricky Brumfield. I, I, I posted during the game the combination of special teams turnaround and the recruiting that he's leading in, in Tennessee and Louisiana. Um, he had by far the most valuable piece of, of the coaching staff at, at, the, at the moment, sort of riding, riding the highest high for now. I think Delaney might have a right hash issue. Both of those ones he missed in the first half were right hash and just went straight. 
but I'd have to go back and look mm-hmm. where he kicked the other ones from. But Lauren, you've watched a lot of Duke this year. Um, what is it about Virginia that Daniel Jones has such problems with? I wish that I knew that because it's really puzzling to me. I mean, look, we all know Bronco Mendenhall's a really good defensive coach. That's not a secret, and that's not, you know, it shouldn't be too surprising that it's not, like, an easy game for him. Um, and I guess maybe compared to, like, the nightmarish game he had last year, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There are degrees. He had the five-pick game where he still had, like, 200 some yards. Then he had yeah. last year's game where he was, like, had a Georgia Tech QB percentage you know? <laughs> so you're like wait yeah what is going on and so like why I mean look Virginia has good defense for time time but at the same time it just doesn't I think part of it is Duke at least this year I think part of it is that Duke didn't have its full running game with Britton Brown being out and then their receivers have seemingly kind of hit a wall here lately where they can't create a lot of separation and make plays for him as consistently as they were you know a little bit earlier in the season so I think those two things kind of put together is at least what led to this year's nightmare um, but yeah. it's just the honest thing like I started to do the records of like the coastal coaches against each other and I'm like I don't understand this like, yeah why why is Justin Fuente like dominating Fedora and Cutcliffe well Fedora but Cutcliffe <laughs> and he can't beat Paul Johnson like yeah I don't know I got nothing why can't David Cutcliffe beat Virginia a team that they're not necessarily like significantly less talented than him right and Cutcliffe's a good schemer so I don't really know a good answer to that, except for I think that Virginia makes you earn it and they make things really difficult for you defensively. I mean, Ryan Finley, I wouldn't say, was like lights out against Virginia. They made no. it work for it. So, and, and Ryan's got more talent at his disposal than, than Daniel does. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's all I got. I mean, I got nothing beyond that in terms of a reason because y'all's guess is as good as mine. Do you think that this Virginia win over Duke was more – says more about Virginia or more about Duke? Like, do you think that's a bigger win for Virginia? Or do you think that, like, maybe Duke wasn't as good as everyone thought they were? Or I'm leaning towards the former. I think this that Virginia played a, right. a good, solid Duke team and made the plays when they needed to. And it's a good win as opposed to, oh, well, then Duke must not be very good if they lost to Virginia, which I feel like is happening a lot when Virginia keeps winning. I think that the answer that I don't mean this to be a cop out, but the answer is kind of yes, because I do think that we found out about Virginia for me more so because they were able to do that after what they did to Miami. And it's like, that's an emotional win. And they go on the road against a game that's far less glamorous with like friends and family in the stands. Even, even by Duke standards, that was a bad crowd. And like, I know UVA has heard all the attendance jokes. UNC gets them a lot too. Duke, I think we all understand intellectually has some different, things that they're dealing with from an attendance perspective. But, like, even by Duke standards, that was really bad. Like, I was watching, I was like, my God, what happened there? So, yeah, I, I think they got up for that. They game plan well. They executed. And that says a lot about Virginia to me, especially that their defenses look way better here lately um, yeah. than at the beginning of the year. So that's, that's definitely been impressive. But I also think Duke, you know, in the last three games, they've got one win and, and worry that they're going to start to hit the skids a little bit too. So uh, I feel like this week will tell us a lot because I – don't think Pitt is very good, but I don't know if Pitt knows who it wants to be. Yeah, Pitt's like, we don't know what we're doing. Pierce, when you look at the second half, and things looked a little tight there, like Duke came out the gate, they scored like a minute into the third quarter, made it a 14 to seven. Virginia responded, but there were some times where it was, yeah, it was 20 to 14, I believe, before they went down and scored that last touchdown. Were you, what was your mindset? Like, were you in normal Virginia, like, oh, here we go, we're going to lose by a point? Or did you <laughs> feel like things, like, you see, does this kind of illustrate what, um, what 
Bryce Perkins can do when he evades trouble yeah. and like you're kind of like oh this is Virginia now like this is exciting like we're not going to just blow it yeah it, it, it stems from that idea that they do things that good teams do now you know making a, a drive at the end of the first half with a minute remaining not in the previous game and and actually converting it you know some points uh, little things like not being a disaster when everyone thinks you're going to be a disaster. I think yeah. it, it is something that I'm not over <laughs> as a lifelong fan. So, of, of course, I, uh, I, I expected uh, or was nervous. I, I won't say I expected them to blow it because um, I probably didn't, but I was definitely nervous that they were going to. And it does speak to Bryce Perkins' playmaking ability i mean the it's not just the big runs and it's not just the threat of the run because he takes sacks because of the threat of the run you know so it's not yeah. always a benefit but just the little things of extending this place sometimes lead to magnificent game clinching scores like the throw to butts but other what? times just lead to you know a first down that wouldn't have been beforehand or even yeah. just the next play being second and four when with a less mobile QB it would have been second and 14 or you know just little things that add up to uh, the field position to the momentum to holding on to the ball to all of it and that's what good teams do and and I mean I predicted a loss because I I have watched UVA football my entire life so you know I don't know how to react uh to them continuing to win other than to point out that they were what five and one last year as well right uh so you know but they were yeah they were five and yeah. one and one and five but they it also had their easier, easier games yeah. the beginning of the, yeah. uh, the schedule than at the end yeah that's something I was gonna ask you Caroline is I think it's fair to say that Jones was was the best QB remaining on the Virginia yeah. schedule and I know they have a history of making him look bad, but they made him look really bad. So that's got to bode well for the matchups for the rest of the year. Um, You'd I think Georgia yeah. Tech doesn't really factor in it because yeah. of the, uh, bullshit gimmicky offense they run. But uh, <laughs> uh, more so, you know, uh, whoever uh, Virginia Tech decides to throw out at the end of the season. I think are they still on Willis? Is that his no? Name? They are there. I just is that, mean, who, is that even his name? Is that right, Willis Ryan like, Willis or something? It seems like second and third string running backs come out of the woodwork to play against UVA or linebackers uh, like yeah, from Maryland playing quarterback and they still beat us. Um, <laughs> No, I think you look at the schedule, and this is like I wrote about this for SB Nation this week, and I got a lot of Paul Jinx's O'Houlihan messages and like, oh, you're going to jinx it. But you look at where Virginia is sitting right now, and you can't help but kind of like look at the schedule and be like, oh, my gosh. like, Yeah, this, I mean, and that's a dynamic that we talked about early like in, in yeah. preseason podcasts when we did the sort of schedule breakdown is, man, if they can just get through the front half of that schedule, then things get a lot – and it's – been even more to that extent yeah. i mean i my the carolina living down to my sneaky awful <laughs> dubbing of them uh, in i don't the know why this has been a sneaky thing and i know we're gonna get to those people, but I, I was like does no one remember that they were awful last year and they like lost people <laughs> it was very confusing to me like oh i think they'll be like middle of the pack i'm like have you also seen their acc schedule like no they will not like, it's ugh, it, there's something I'm a little that makes me almost more nervous for Saturday. Like, this is that's a so you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren has sat next to me. Have, like the worst FCS team coming in there and be like, oh god, they're extra bad. And I'm real nervous. It's like, no, this is. A good Lauren has sat next to me for plenty <laughs> an ACC game to know. 
my my vibe on these things but um yeah you look at it and you well i mean like dry heaving thinking about it they could win out like that's not i'm knocking on wood right now no. but like that's not they, you are correct that, that theoretically any theoretically it could happen yeah but and I you're mean, also like, correct they're gonna that they're going to be favored yeah yeah and, and that's mind-blowing to me it's but great still, no, it's great, no. <laughs> i mean because i feel like like you said this team is finally now when i watch games it's less like how are they going to blow this but really how are they going to make this play to keep things going like it's it's definitely a different mindset um i was a little concerned about the amount of points left on the board or left off the board in the yeah. first half like that should have been probably a 20 point halftime lead minimum like because of the times that they and i probably i mean it's easy to make these choices now because the the throw to Tavares Kelly in the end zone was on point it was perfect mm-hmm. the defender just continued to run through him which apparently is fine now so I don't I don't hate the call because it's like oh we're surprised him and go deep people are like well, only three yards and then we switched it up the other time and like went for it and whatever um so I probably would have swapped the play calls on those but it's a little stressful leaving points on the board because you can't do that against tech yeah yeah, there's, I mean that's that is the the glaring weakness of the offense right now is is the play inside the red zone that um, on any any and I mean any of the <laughs> metrics for Bill Connolly the any of their success rate from the thirty and in um, they are well well below one hundredth ranked uh, in pretty much everything. 125th in first and goal success rate, 124th in goal line success rate, 127th in inside the uh, success rate inside the 10. Um, so it's, it is not, and that's not, not just from the Duke game. This is a season long problem and yeah. it's not what you expect when you've got a mobile quarterback and three running backs who are 230 pounds or bigger. <laughs> um, yeah. The offensive line's not great, but if you get to the edge a little bit, with guys that big, you should be able to get the five yards and a freaking touchdown. Yeah. Um, so that is the, no no question. That is the the big looming thing that could bring this crashing down over the next several games. Is if that comes back to bite them. But as we've said, they're doing things that good teams do, which is overcome their weaknesses by emphasizing their strengths. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, we'll do a real quick star, um, Pierce and Paul. We and can do four we'll... stars if Lauren wants. Lauren, to. did you did you see enough of the Virginia Duke game to give someone a star? Oh, I like to pick like an MVP. Yeah, we'll let you go uh, first. You hand out uh, your star first, so that. Uh, now the guy's name is slipping my mind right now for some reason. The DB that got DB of the week, Bryce. Hall. Oh, Bryce Hall. Bryce yep. Hall. Yeah. Okay. That's a good take. Feel pretty good giving it to any. <laughs> <laughs> That's an outstanding pick, Lauren, with Bryce Hall. Paul, who's your star of the week? Uh, I'm going to go with Chuck Davis. Uh, I think he was more of the brains behind the split returning operation. Um, and the the flop, if if for nothing else, <laughs> the, uh, it being in Durham, uh, the rather theatrical flop, uh, I feel like, <laughs> playing playing to the, uh, the home field there. Uh, so good job, Chuck Davis. Keep it up. Pierce. I'm giving mine to Bronco Mendenhall for making me a believer uh, for the first time. Uh, not that I was like, Bronco isn't going to cut it or <laughs> never going to work. I just, you know, 
I'm not sold until I see evidence. And now I'm, I see enough evidence to really believe in, in his system and uh, his tenure. And, and just kudos for making Cutcliffe just – just he just owns them. Which is hard to do. I think Cutcliffe so is an outstanding coach. You know? Yeah, I know everyone loves to say that because he made Duke not terrible, but he's also this little curmudgeon-y, frowny, like I, I just I don't like the guy. You better and, watch and, it. Cutcliffe slander on this podcast. Oh, I, I have a opinion. Grandpa Cuddy. That's my grandpa. I feel he, like yeah, he loves, looks like a grandpa. It has ninety nine. <laughs> it has ninety nine percent to do with the fact that he's coaching for Duke, um, and, and I would have nothing against him otherwise. Um, but for now, he's he's the Coach K equivalent on the gridiron, and our coach has made him he's look hang up. terrible. Um, <laughs> We're just gonna go dial to him next time fine. we go on. I'm throwing heat because Bronco's awesome, and I'm happy that I'm happy about him. <laughs> That's good. Um, I think I'm gonna throw mine to Evan Butts for staying open in the end zone, working that, working that whole possession. He was wide open from the get go on the that butts play. were wide open. <laughs> you said it. I was just waiting for that. Are but, you guys over the butts jokes yet? Cause I wouldn't. Um, no, never, oh God, never, no. never, ever. We, I just like tweeting butt gifts when he does stuff. <laughs> so it's my favorite. The, um, you should just tweet butt stuff. <laughs> if you watch the uh there's an instagram video uh the, on the team account of of coach mendenhall debating who to let break yeah. the rock as their mvp uh in the locker room he says oh bryce hall got a interception but i saw i saw evan butts score a touchdown and the team all goes ah! and then like five different guys go big butts <laughs> big butts <laughs> That's like, a pretty chanting big butt. But the fact that they're so open about just <laughs> big butts. Like everybody named butts is a tight end. Yes. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 They're all I like that our guy is multiple butts. <laughs> Plural. Not just one. Not just one butt. But that's a good uh, star, darns. Excellent. Um so let's move on to UNC this weekend. Um Lauren, what's the what's the biggest test Virginia will have in facing this UNC team on Saturday? Uh, well, Larry Fedora won't say anything about their quarterback situation because he won't talk about injuries. Nathan Elliott is as try-hard as you get, but he is not He is not good enough to beat most teams by himself. Um, he's at least become a guy that won't turn it over and won't make the big mistake, but at least in the last two games not against Miami where he turned it over like every time he touches the ball. But, uh, <laughs> I'm hoping more for one of those. Right. When I saw, I mean, it's in there. Um, when I, yeah, when I saw him the way he was throwing that ball, I was like, if you want to throw it to Juan Thornhill every other play, I'm right. for it. Yeah, see, that seems easier to win that. Yeah. Sure. I would much rather <laughs> score five pick sixes. <laughs> he, he's very limited in terms of how much he can get the ball downfield. I believe – if I'm not mistaken, and no, I am right about this. UNC will get Malik Carney back this week. They've been much better defensively um, when he is in there. He's their defensive end, and much worse when he is not. Syracuse is probably the one exception because I thought they were pretty solid most of that game until <laughs> until the end. Um, <laughs> and it should uh, be a they, common theme. Things with got awry. Yeah, things went a bit awry there. But yeah, I mean, they have 
they have some dudes on defense. Like, they're not awful on defense in spite of what the numbers might tell you. They've got some talent there. They've got some pretty good BBs that can win some one-on-one battles. They've got a pretty decent D-line that can get pressure on the quarterback. I think they had, like, five sacks against Dungy, um, which even though Dungy has apparently undergone some weird meltdown, it's hard to do. Um, I don't I, to, to see him getting taken out in the fourth quarter, I thought, like, Dino was yeah. drunk, but it worked <laughs> for them, so whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest strength that Carolina has – and is their run game. Um, Antonio Williams, Michael Carter, they've been really good. They've been able to run the ball pretty effectively against everybody except, like, Miami, but they had to throw in that game because they kept, like, throwing big sixes. Which is also the counter-argument to they had to keep throwing. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. But, yeah, I mean, that's that, that's something that, you know, Larry Fedora has not been known as a guy that will stick with the run, even when he's had really good backs. But this year, I think has uh, persuaded him a little bit the other way um, when they're able to do that. And those guys are really good. I think that's been the strength of this team. And um, Lord knows, imagining this team without this is, is, is horrifying. But they've got good special teams. <laughs> um, I think they're like at least last I looked before the Syracuse game anyway they were like upper they were kind of like upper echelon in terms of special team like they were like 16th and S&P plus the last time I looked um, Lord knows if they were bad they would have been <laughs> I guess they would have been Owens um, but yeah I mean th- th- those are their two biggest strengths to me special teams they don't usually give up much and they can usually make something happen there and then, and then the running game um, I'm not counting on Kate Fortin to play he looked good against Virginia Tech but he went out with an injury um, I'm not counting on him to play, but I also have no idea what his actual injury is because they're all tell us. <laughs> That's always Which fun. Which is great. So, <laughs> some guys, they, they really, I mean, it sounds stupid to say this considering how bad they've looked at times, but they are kind of like a quarterback away from being, like, decent. Yeah. Uh, but they just don't have it. Like, Nathan Elliott is very limited in how far he can throw the football. And so, <laughs> that's like, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's he is he tries very hard though. Um, I have a, I have, a, I have like an honest question that is yeah. only meant to be slightly snarky. Are they <laughs> are they done with the staggered suspensions? Are they back at as close to full? Oh no, I think they are. Yeah. Carney was the last guy that I think they had to stagger because, <laughs> like, he yeah, like they basically like they got a waiver to play him against Virginia Tech because that was supposed to be his fourth game. Um, so I, yeah, I think that they're, that, yeah, he's done now and he's their best guy. I know that's the most relevant guy left. You have to worry about in terms, in terms of the staggered suspensions. So like he's done now because he sat out against Syracuse. They got a waiver against Virginia Tech because like they literally had that few bodies at his yeah. position that it had become like a safety concern, <laughs> not let him play, which is why they staggered them in the first place, actually. Mm-hmm. Which right. Is, that's yeah, incredible. Tells you probably well, about all you need to know. Paul, when you think about, um, the fact that Jordan Ellis is an unknown level for this game based on not playing the second half, but Coach mm-hmm. Mendenhall said this week on Monday that, you know, they, it wasn't as bad as they thought it was going to be. Right. They expect him to potentially play. They expect him to play on Saturday. They just don't know what capacity. Assuming worst case scenario, and he doesn't play a lot. How do you feel about the running game and what does that do to this game? I, I, I said this during the game as well, that the, if there are positions where Virginia has playable depth at this point in the rebuild, it's defensive back by far, but then running back and wide receiver are behind it, that there is the most young talent at those positions. And now the talent's not even all that young. You've got Atkins and Kyer and Peacock that have been in the system for a while and can 
and Sharp. can show out. I thought Kyer played well yeah. in, in relief. Atkins showed some really good burst getting to the edge. I think he's going to be a potentially a, a game-changing back next year when he steps into more of a featured role. So obviously, you want to have Jordan Ellis back at as close to full capacity as you can, but if you have to put him on a pitch count that he only goes – you know, 30, 40 snaps, only gets 10, 15 touches as opposed to normally 20 or 30 or more, then the guys that are taking the rest of those snaps, I still feel pretty good about. It was the first position group to have where the coaching staff had significant recruiting success early on to get Atkins, the state Gatorade player of the year, to get Peacock who had offers from Nebraska and Florida, um, getting those guys in early and developing them in special teams roles and in, in sort of spot duty. Uh, and I haven't even mentioned Chris Sharp, uh, yeah. who has already played a, a pretty big role. Yeah. Um, so if, if Ellis can't go, you know, if, if it was Snowden, God forbid that had gone down. Yeah. There's, Don't there's, also, there's other stuff at linebacker, but it's a much bigger question mark. Yeah. than the guys at running back that, that have shown a little bit more of what they can do. Yeah, linebacker is much more of a, like, you move this guy, and then you got to move this guy over here. And this right, guy exactly. Here. The, the cascading. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's um, don't say such things about Snow, but the abominable Snowden. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, so let's do some predictions. Pierce, what do you think happens on Saturday? <laughs> My, we're 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 gonna win. UNC's terrible. <laughs> like, come, come on, they can't do this to me. They can't let me be pessimistic and pull off these big wins, and and then I finally am sold and then blow it against a terrible Carolina team. I refuse to believe that that's what's gonna happen. All right. So it's not. We're gonna win, and we're gonna win by a lot. Convincingly. They're bad. Two, They're bad. They're very two, bad, and we're very good. Two scores? Yeah. Okay. Paul? Yeah, I'm going to go something like 28-12. Like, kind of, like, I feel like UVA will stay – like, Bronco goes out of his way to stay on the – like, on schedule. But I feel like this – Carolina will score, but will do it in weird enough ways that it ends up being an odd-looking score. So, like, 28-11 or 28-12 or something it's like, like that. like that 37-5 Brown. Yeah, exactly. But there was both Funfer <laughs> and Scorigami in the same Yeah, game. yeah. Uh, yeah, so I yeah, I, I also think it will be a double digit multi score win, but it's it's gonna get funky in some sort of way. Okay, funky, funky. I'd also like to add that every time Michael Carter has played against UVA, he's looked like he could run for three hundred yards that game, <laughs> but their coaches just refuse to let him do it. So that that's my one concern. <laughs> but thankfully, their coaches are still their coaches. Um, so I don't think it's a legitimate uh, are we allowed? Are we allowed Fedora slander? Oh God, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> shout out to the guy sitting in the sands uh, in front of me, the Miami game, who who said uh, he didn't, he had no idea who Zane Zandier was, and said he was terrible when he found out who he was, and then later in the game turned to someone and said, "I don't know why Carolina fans are calling for their coach's head. Fedora is an amazing coach," and I audibly laughed, <laughs> and no one around <laughs> was really paying attention to what the student <laughs> was saying. Was this a UVA fan? <laughs> Really, like, no, that was two games after what they did to Carolina. It was, it was, yeah, it was during uh, them almost beating Tech because that score kept being shown. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, and I guess that's the one thing I would bring up is that, like, the last two games, they were weirdly competitive. 
I can't tell you how, because uh, <laughs> I didn't expect it. Like, I'm like, wait, what is this? Um, but they, I don't know. I feel like at some point, like, these almost wins or, like, should have wins might start to catch up with them a little bit. Or Let's get it blown out. Like, <laughs> I don't know that there's any in between for this team right now because I didn't expect them to bounce back from what happened against Virginia Tech against Syracuse, even especially going down twenty to seven and then like come back and do what yeah. they did. Like I just didn't expect it. Um, they haven't quit yet. That's not to say they won't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, here she mentioned Carter. They're more likely to run him now because their quarterbacks are bad and they know that. Mm. But you never know with Larry. Um, the last two, and I've been arguing with UNC fans about this because they want Larry gone, and I'm like, you can want him gone and still recognize that these last two aren't necessarily on him, at least not to me. Just, you know, one play here, a drop here, a, mm-hmm. a, you know, a missed field goal there, like they're just that close and it just hasn't happened. So, like I said, I feel like they're either on the verge of finally getting over the hump and winning a game or losing by double digits. And I tend to err on the latter here for them because I don't think this is a very good match for them. Okay. Well, yeah, I think it's going to be a win as well. What all y'all said makes me nervous. <laughs> you know me. So I take a sip of my red wine talking about Virginia football being a cliche. Um, so let's change gears a little bit. We mentioned uh, in the intro that Lauren's our new favorite person or continued favorite person. Lauren, you voted Virginia number one in your preseason poll in basketball. What, uh, what went into your decision? Am I allowed to say that I texted you about this? <laughs> yeah, she texted me about it and goes, am I crazy that I want to put Virginia at number one? No one else no one else is doing it for me. <laughs> okay. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I mean, I don't want to downplay this TVA fans that now love me and be like, no, no one else is available. Um, but <laughs> I just, like, they obviously accomplished the most of sort of the top-tier teams that I feel like returned the most pieces that I trust and that are like known commodities to me that's sort of the way I looked at it right like yeah I I and this is a this has become a system and a team under Tony Bennett that pretty consistently has turned out a really really good team so I felt the most comfortable just being like yeah okay I think those will be pretty good <laughs> I really think we have to make a preseason poll and I, I just I honestly debated like not even voting this year in the pre in basketball because I just, I don't know anything yeah. about, and you read like the write-ups about these teams and it's like, well, Team X could be good, but we know nothing about this guy and nothing about this guy. And it's like, well, how, we don't know anything. So I felt like Virginia right now is the team that I know the most about. How does, um, obviously now after you say all that, but Braxton Key is obviously a yeah. huge piece that came out after all the voting was done. And some people are now saying that this takes what they thought was maybe oh, in you know, you know, the top 10. <laughs> They can't have it. Like we, me and I don't know who the other person is. Yeah. This is our thing. Yeah. We can't have it. It's like the hipster code. But, yeah. the one. What uh, is he, I mean, this could be for everyone. What does he, yeah. what does this change now? Like Braxton Key is eligible. Paul, what does this mean to you? Like, what does this change? It, what he brings is margin of error. That if DeAndre's having an off night, there's another, another yeah. person to fill that DeAndre mold. If, um, if they need to go really big, like they, picturing them matching up with say Syracuse with that infamously yeah. long two, three zone players in that two, three zone, you could put a roster on the floor that is, for instance, Kihi Clark, but then everyone else is six, five 
and much taller that you go Ty, uh, Hunter at six, seven key at six, eight, and then go like Momity. Yeah. yeah. Then you've got big athletes that if Kihi can break down off just the like dribble, running circles around people, <laughs> just dishing it off to guys that Ty can shoot, DeAndre can shoot, and the other guys can throw down. Yeah. Like it's they're the 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 matchup possibilities, the permutations of how things fit where, and um, having having some backfill behind those wings that were. Now, there were guys like Badochi, there are guys like Marco Anthony that could have stepped into a much bigger role this year, yeah. I think. But now I'm point. much more confident that the first guy off the bench is going to be, what, former SEC freshman of the year. Like, yeah, it is a known commodity at this point. And he played on a team that was in the top 20 when it comes to defensive efficiency, which obviously we love right. because that's a big thing, just defensive principles. I like the idea that... Um, like you talked about a little bit the matchups change it um, because now we could feasibly see and I fine I cede this to you Paul that this would be a good lineup with Ty Whoa. Kyle Whoa Key Whoa <laughs> Say uh, it Hunter Say <laughs> it Say it <laughs> And Mommy Yeah <laughs> Oh no, Jack! Are you okay? Cheering loudly and helping his team's moral. I actually think you could even have that lineup with Jack in it, and he just sets screens and gets dudes open. Like I set some screens. Yeah, like you get four dudes that any any fifth guy in that for me, whether it's Jay Huff or Mamadi Diakite or Jack Salt, I'm loving that those basically what he does is give us a known quantity that allows Tony Bennett to move Hunter to the four, which we know has been a successful position for him. I don't think that there was something that they, yeah, like, and obviously that could also be done with someone like Marco Anthony coming in or Kihei coming in. Um, But we, I'm, I'm excited about the stuff we've heard about. So Lauren Kihei Clark is like five, seven. You walk basketball. (laughs) He's very small. He's like likes size. <gasps> I love yeah. his likes. Yeah, so he's so like awesome. like sized and he's gotten a lot of really positive feedback. Like we've heard a lot of positive things about his competitiveness. I think him and he Ty were like yelling at each Ty. other. He apparently irked Ty so bad in offseason <gasps> workouts that Ty threw the ball at his head. <laughs> oh, I like him already and I like yeah. Ty. I just like him Ty. It's just more like now I'm intrigued. Yes, yes, exactly. So if we get him running around. Oh my God, when they play Miami, I need this. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yes. Um, so it's just a matter of like, I didn't think he was ever going to get the, the red shirt, honestly, or the waiver. Um, so that's just a huge piece that really allows Tony Bennett to do more fun things. <laughs> um, but I think it really establishes the, that they're going to be a better offensive team. Uh, yes. You're from the get-go. Um, you miss Hall. You miss Wilkins. Wilkins wasn't bringing it on the offensive side. And while, you know, we, we loved Wilkins for his rebounding, his hustle plays, things like that, everybody who slid into that position, the pack line, has excelled 
you know, mm-hmm. defensively. Yeah. It's, it's part of the pack line. It's part of the guys that they put there, you know, and they recruit to guys who are going to do that. So I don't Especially think after some experience. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I don't think you're going to really miss a ton of what he did because I think the other guys are going to step up and fill most of that at least. Yeah. Maybe not so much the sliding halfway across the court going for a loose ball uh, <laughs> once a game, but uh, I think the offensive uh, production is really yeah. going to uh, get a shot in the miss, arm because of You'll Pete. miss Devin more than you would miss Isaiah, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It is, it'll be interesting. I, I mean, Ty is an extraordinarily capable ball handler. Of course, like, yeah. And so I'm curious to see, but he hasn't had, like, this is Ty's team now. Like, and obviously people talk about the, um, yes. this way always, like, that's how it was with London. That's how it was with Devin. It's their team. It's their team. And, and Ty, and Ty has been very vocal leadership wise. So it's going to be really interesting to see. I, he's more than capable. Um, and that's the biggest question for me is the stuff that Devin brought that, the intangible stuff, yeah. Yeah, and you also forget, like, how good he was. I was watching some highlights for some stuff the other day, and, okay, I was watching the Duke end of game stuff. Fine. Whatever. Whatever. It's fine. Uh, first of all, Jack had a very pivotal uh, tip out that led to a Kyle Guy 3, I would like to remind everyone. And the stuff that Devin was doing, like, he's just so – he was so smooth in the lane. and um, So it'll be important that they do something – that they can fill those roles. Um, the – rankings are out ACC has seven teams in the preseason top 25 including Clemson at 22 was probably Clemson at 22 and Florida State at 17 were probably the two biggest surprises for me uh, I do think um, Florida State's going to be good because they bring those guys that are just always really long and interchangeable and I know right I feel like he, he's the guy that I'm like hasn't he been here for six years I love Phil <laughs> had florida state um i think i had them 17 and clemson 16 so i had clemson higher and i looked at their roster and they've brought back a lot of i mean lauren when you look at it you talk about your rankings how do you see do you think there's what are your levels of like chunks of teams when you look at the acc like who are your top contenders yeah i mean i was gonna say like for me and i i didn't rank notre dame but like i want it known that i do like notre dame and i always like notre dame's chances of the acc because i think mike bro is a really really good coach but i didn't think that they had enough for me to rank them so i didn't but (laughs) (laughs) uh, obviously i think like virginia duke carolina to me those are always the teams you're looking at um because they're known commodities and they're teams that always compete for the ACC title. I think that that's not going to be any different this year. And then I think you have that like tier of challengers, which right now for me would be Virginia Tech, Clemson, and Florida State. I literally, I think, ranked them 15, 16, 17. So yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of like hate rank Syracuse. Um, because Syracuse, <laughs> Syracuse just got on my nerves. Like be good or don't. Like stop like tournament okay run stuff. Like y'all were trash in the regular season. Like, yeah, so it's not that good. Figure it out during the regular season and like make shots. And also, they won so ugly. I hate watched it. Like I couldn't see it. <laughs> I, I hate to. And Caroline knows that I feel this way. Like I, I, it drives me crazy that like somehow Virginia is the team that gets everyone's ire, but like Syracuse gets a pass when <laughs> I at least and maybe look, maybe I just don't know enough about what Syracuse is trying to do offensively. But I don't understand what it is. And when I watch Virginia, I do know what they're trying to do offensively. Yeah. And I can, you know, I mean, I partially because they explained it to me. But still, like, I know what they're doing. Like, I can look at it and watch and go, okay, yeah, I see what they're trying to do here. Whereas with Syracuse, I'm like, are they trying to run the shot clock off and then badly brick, like, a long two-point shot? Because yes. you're, you're doing a good Efficiency. job of it. I hate watching that because they 
have talented guys. I know that they're playing like four and a half guys, and so they get tired. But like, my God, please stop with this. Like, do yeah, else. I can't. I can't take it. So I hate ranked Syracuse. Um, how I don't how bad is gonna? How bad is the bottom gonna be? What were your bottom three? Like, I would think like it's got to be Pitt, Wake Forest, uh, and Georgia yeah. Tech. Is that? Yeah. Um, I like Capel a lot. I'm biased because he was here and he was, he's very nice. And <laughs> so, and I think he's a good coach. I think he learned a lot. Well, I mean, you know, uh, I think he learned a lot from, uh, from sort of what he was, his stint between being a head coach and not. Um, so I think he'll do a good job there. Do I think that they're, I mean, I think they'll win an ACC game. Do I think <laughs> Improvement. Uh, I think Georgia Tech is trash, so um, I've been like that. Uh, so there, yeah, that's a pretty, that's a pretty, that's a, I guess that's a pretty good group there in the bottom. Yeah. Uh, wake, wake, I want to love more, but I can't because they just, you know, it just hasn't been happening for them, and it's not going to get any better unless they have like half the roster trained for so. I like Danny Manning's suits. Their recruiting class is bonkers good. Yeah. Like, they have it shown that they can do anything with that. Yeah, yes, that's the problem. That's exactly right, except for big men. That's the one thing Danny Manning has always done really well with, yeah. to give him credit. The big men have been really, really good and have come along really well. He's developed them really well. But uh, everybody else looks like Paul Hewitt coached guards. <laughs> Not to go too old school ACC with that's it. Good. Let's be real. Like, that's what they look like. Speaking so, of which. will be like Herb Sendak. <laughs> ben Lammers no, is they, gone. they look like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Finally, Ben Lam- Finally, well, I've, I've Pierce wrote about this. Yeah, Pierce wrote about this. Like, who else, who is Jack gonna pick on now? Like, that's the <laughs> only guy that he could like match up with because it's the only guy that plays like he does. Feels um, like a racist for me. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I mean, it's cr- like we're talking. You know, a time of recording. We're two weeks away from the season. I don't know if I'm mentally prepared. Oh my um, god, I'm not ready. Yeah. <laughs> It's nuts. It's gonna. It's it's right there. Oh, y'all get ready when they start playing ACC games, like in two weeks in a few years. That's because that's right. when yeah. it's gonna start happening. It's, I didn't sign off on this. I don't like yes, it's tra- I, don't I, did, like I did not say this was okay. Um, Lauren, who's your preseason player of the year, coach of the year, ACC? Oh gosh. Uh, Sorry, if you well, if you want to keep it secret for your ballot for tomorrow for ACC. Media, I don't even know that I'm gonna vote. I didn't vote last year because I like I just I didn't even bother trying to predict it because let's be honest here's the thing we all know coach of the year is going to be on a team that came out of nowhere and like, <laughs> yeah an acceptable job so it's probably not going to be anyone that we think might be good right yeah so, hmm. like Josh Pastor um, <laughs> don't make me don't make me go off on this I was so mad about that like y'all don't even know and Josh seems nice <laughs> I'll be on Twitter at one time. Probably not anymore because I regularly insult him. <laughs> like I just don't. I that was such a bad, a bad pick. So we know it's not going to be a coach that does a good job, right? So I don't know. Hmm, Jim Laranega, right? I don't know. No one thinks they'll be very good. So yeah. let's go with that. I don't go with Jim Laranega. Uh, player of the year. I can't pick one of the Duke freshmen. My worry with. Virginia is that a lot is that those guys end up sort of splitting it right yeah I think we saw some of that last year play itself out with Kyle and Ty and with Devin even and we'll probably see it with Kyle Ty and DeAndre yeah um, this year so yeah if anyone on Virginia is going to do it it's Hunter 
Um, yeah, I but agree. I think you're right. I think Ty's going to go ape shit on people. And he's going to be the one that's like, I don't, I agree. I, I think DeAndre is going to be the flashiest. He's the kind of guy from a Virginia team that will stand out because he's the guy that's going to have dunks like he did on Joel Berry and like he did at Miami. Like he's going to, he has the big shot like he did against Louisville. Like he has those marquee moments and scores a lot of points. Like he can do those things. Um, but I just yeah. think that of the guys, like a lot of people have talked about Kyle Guy and it's fair. Like he was, all, you know, first team all ACC last year. Um, I just think that it's going to end up that Ty's going to have like this crazy season. People are going to be like, oh, I didn't expect this. And I'm like, I've been saying this for months. <laughs> he's going to be the dude. He's going to be, he's going to be the guy. I'm really just trying to think of a guy that's going to be on a team that I think is going to be pretty good that is not going to split the vote with somebody. That's where I'm having this mm-hmm. one. Yeah. I mean, Luke I, is going to end up. Let's see, I think Nasir Little has True. a big year for them if they're going to be good. And so then that's going to split yeah. some of that. Um, and with Duke, I think you're going to have a number of guys sort of splitting up stuff. Zion Williams and R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett, I know, is the favorite for them to sort of take up, take home some of that hardware. But And I think I put him on my preseason All-American team, but, like, I don't – I don't know anything about him. Like, I don't know anything about any of those guys. So, um, I don't I mean, my, like, hipster pick, I guess, since I'm sort of into that, I guess, would be, like, Kai Bowman. Yeah. So, but we all know that won't happen. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean, that's a fair – Paul, what do you – what's your – who's your standout guy for – what do you think – who do you think is going to play of the year? I don't know. Actually, the question I was – I've been trying to figure out is – whether NC State are they gonna be a thing this year? Like having well, define a thing. <laughs> so having had to play, you mean allowed to play? Correct. Yeah, I assume they will show up for games. Make a post physically. Is they've been dropping the bag and uh, well, that's that's the thing. like having seen having had to play Keats bef- at the at what was it? was one of the UNCs was it Wilmington or Green? Wilmington Wilmington? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. And then thinking you know seeing him go to state with everything that Godfrey had been recruiting and then kind of felt like it's the team that I'm terrified of being really good because if they're good playing the way Keats plays I feel like that's a big problem for a lot of people one of them being Virginia but it I I feel like there's just been nothing on NC State I don't know if that's a they're a year off from being relevant they got like one preseason top 25 vote yeah I couldn't quite make that leap for them because I think they still have a lot of pieces that I'm a little unsure of, but, um, a lot of roster. Yep. A lot of turnover. Um, Braxton Beverly broke his hand. Mm -hmm. We don't know how long he's going to be out. That's a big issue for me. Um, but they still do have some guys that have sort of been there and done that. Um, I think they're going to be good. Do I think they're going to be like top 25 good? Not necessarily. Do I think they're going to be tournament good? I definitely think they could. I absolutely do. Um, the schedule will be a little bit friendlier to that than last year's was because it wasn't supposed to be that way. <laughs> that was yeah. supposed to be a transition year schedule. Um, mm-hmm. And it just so happened that they were like enough on the threshold that maybe a better schedule could have gotten them over the top. It didn't, um, but they've got some pieces and I think that they'll be, I think they'll be good. I think he's a good coach. They made a good hire, but I don't see them being like top 25 good this year necessarily. I got a name for you for, for to answer this to fit into your criteria, Lauren, yeah, yeah. Of, of someone who would stand out and be the one stand out on a team that that could challenge for you know top four at least ACC if not higher is Ty's battle at Syracuse. Uh, 
It's it's the answer though. <laughs> we just because spent five minutes on how he's, much Lauren hates Syracuse, and he's absolutely the star right. on a team that could be really good. Yeah. With Tyus, is, is I'm just going to need him to shoot better than like 30%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, both were doing, like people were doing this with like pre like I saw him getting some preseason All America love, and I'm like, I'm going to take a hard no. Like, <laughs> better than 30% before yeah. I have a preseason. And look, I know that there were a lot of things that went into it. I understand all that. He had to play like all of the minutes. And he's had all of the minutes. And, and yeah. I get that. I do. Uh, I, I had an appreciation for watching like CJ Fair. And he shot like thirty some percent at times, so I get it. But like, I just I need more from Tyus before I can make that leap. But you're right that he does have that potential for sure. And yeah, I was well. I shouldn't have been shocked. I wrote uh, top five backcourts in the ACC thing for our countdown, and my goodness, you would have thought I murdered someone's family based on the Syracuse responses I got for putting them in third behind Virginia at one and the attack with Robinson and Alexander Walker. Because that was a close – their numbers were more efficient than Battle and, yeah. and, and Howard. And, oh, my gosh, there was a lot of, like, you homer. Like, you're only putting Ty and Kyle in first because you're a Virginia person. And I was like, well, have you seen them play? Than 30%. <laughs> yeah, like, have you, have you watched basketball? Um but yeah, so to close it out, Lauren, we like to do um, rapid fire questions for our guests. Uh-oh. So um, let's do that. Are you ready? Sure. Okay, cool. Uh, favorite Panther player to hate watch? Oh, God. Jeez. <laughs> uh, Carolina oh, Panthers, for those oh, of you that are Like a current player? Any. If there's past Oh, Panther right, person. My God. <laughs> So glad he's off the team. I hope he never comes back. Please go away forever. Thank you. <laughs> Favorite son, Bonzi or Pat Connaughton? Oh, Bonzi. And right. no disrespect to Pat. I love that. Too. Bonzi or Malcolm? Oh, <laughs> I have to go with Malcolm just because he was like better to me personally. Although if you go Malcolm or Justin, that's a different answer. Oh, yeah. Lauren's a big Justin Anderson fan. Lauren's only human. <laughs> Everyone is a big Justin Anderson fan. He is the greatest person like in the Mal- world. Malcolm gave me very political answers. Shocking, I know. Whereas like Justin, Justin would always be the one to give me that like one or one or two tidbits that like you knew that his teammates didn't necessarily want me to know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's why I always liked Anthony Gill too. He always had great stories. Yes. Yeah. Um, Louisville Ladybirds or the Florida State Golden Girls? Oh, it's the Ladybirds right now. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> I was going to make a football program comparison, but that does not apply currently, so I'm going with that. Um, Go-to cookout order. Oh, wow. That's a good question. I usually go with the burger, and then I get hush puppies and um, a corn dog. You don't go quesadilla with a side of quesadilla? Yeah, quesadilla as a side dish. I hear you, and I I have friends that have got quadilla. I don't really like their quesadillas. No, they're not good. I can make a quesadilla at my house with yeah. like bread and cheese that will taste way better than like yeah. whatever that crap is that they put on the <laughs> yeah, so, I uh, got one once that they legitimately had not even warmed up. It was just tortilla uh, filled like discreet shreds. It's of like cheese. that Velveeta like yeah. nasty pour up. No. Everyone go to cookout. They're never going to sponsor us now. Um, right. They were, they were so close before. I was going to say, we literally, on our drive through hot takes, would go through their drive through 
for every episode and we like flirted with them on twitter and they never sponsored us so trust me yeah <laughs> no, they're too um, pious Aaron. all right last one least favorite mascot in college basketball oh it's auto <laughs> Well, it's because, like, I had personal, it's going to sound weird to say I had personal experience with auto. <laughs> during an ACC tournament one year, like, Syracuse was playing somebody, and there was a terrible game, so I'm, like, barely watching, and I'm, like, watching auto, and it's just weird to see, like, an orange with, like, legs sticking out, and he's, like, okay, I'm trying to figure out a way to say this, it won't sound really bad. He's, like, playing with himself, not in that way, like, yeah, he's, like, he's, like twirling nice. his orange around and stuff, and, like, and it just was like really disturbing to me. And I was like, what are you, why are you doing? Like, I was like, no one's even watching me right now. Like, why are you doing that? And I was like, this, like, he scares me. Um, I know the friar scares people and the friar is scary for obvious reasons. But like, In general. Because oh, he'll eat your souls. Yeah. yeah. But like, I feel like he doesn't try to hide that. Whereas like, <laughs> he's an honest soul stealer. <laughs> Right, he's honest about it. Like you know what he's about, and you don't know what Otto's about. Like kids aren't no, scared. Brown and watches the dance team. Oh, that's the pink yes. panther. So creepy. Oh my god, he like lays on his stomach with like his head on his hands mm-hmm. and his like legs kicked up backwards. Like yeah, I'm about to watch. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, and he lays there on the court and watches the dance team. I also kind of feel like the Notre Dame mascot is cheating. Yes. Also, whenever they play those pickup basketball games, that's extremely cheating because you don't yes, have a. You don't have to wear a costume. Yeah. It's, you. it's just ridiculous. Um, yeah, I think on that note, <laughs> we've covered everything that's we need to cover this week. No yeah, damn cheats. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> that, wraps up sucks. This, <laughs> that wraps up this week of mascot talk. Thanks for joining. Um, no, Lauren, thank you so much. We'll definitely have to have you back on during basketball season. I really appreciate you coming on and chatting all things football and basketball. Um, and, yeah, so we've got football on Saturday. It's family weekend in Charlottesville. Game starts at 1220 um, at Scott Stadium. Everyone get out there, get loud. Um, they've put out a bunch of videos with, like, Keith Miller, Hard Eyes, asking you to come to the game. So you should uh, go. We made can. it, like, 50 minutes without a Heath oh, Miller close. reference. So, so close. But right I got it in end. there. Got it in there. <laughs> um, I feel like you should change his name to Heath Butts. <laughs> It's like the that's amazing. <laughs> we not talked about this yet. Um, right, <laughs> next week, yeah, next week we're going to change everyone's name. Um, to butts, yeah. yeah, to butts. Bryce um, butts. butts. Which Bryce butts? There. I mean, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, Bryce butts is actually a pretty good name. Yeah, that's a great. Name. <laughs> Should All look right. into those. Um, yeah, thanks, um, Paul Pierce, taking the time out, Lauren, for joining us on behalf of Streaking Lawn Podcast. Thank you for another week, and go Hoos.